welcome to another episode of Returning That's Great the Podcast with Scroobius Pip. And we have an advert. It's unusual. We've been very selective with our adverts this time. This is someone who helped us out with the Kickstarter campaign, which is why you're getting all this for free. So do support them. Uh, Fallen London is an award-winning story-based text adventure game that you can play in your browser. And it's free. This is crazy. They paid for this advert. It's set in the reign of Queen Victoria. London's been stolen and dragged below ground to a vast cavern where hell is close, immortality is cheap, and the wine is made of mushrooms. Fallen London offers you different stories depending on your character's choices, including things you never usually get to do in games, run a salon, run a newspaper, or behave so disgracefully that you have to flee the city and write pleading letters home. There are 1.2 million words of darkly funny stories to enjoy. Sign up at failbettergames.com slash rhlstp to get a treat just for listeners slash viewers. Thank you very much for that, and thank you for supporting our podcasts. Now enjoy Richard Herring's Letter Square Theatre podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. Please welcome the man who helped compile the 1990 West London phone book. It's Richard Herring! Thank you very much. Hello! How are you doing? Welcome to Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast. Oh, there will be some cool kids watching today because we've got someone cool on. Uh, they, and they call it Rahalastapa. Uh, and uh, we've got a lovely audience here. They're very, you two are much better than last week's audience. A lot better. It was, there was no one sitting there last week. There was just that two empty seats, and then you two now here. What's your name, madam? Zoe, it's lovely to meet you. You've got a, you've got a, a badge there. Let me, I'm just zooming in on the badge. That's just want to make that. <laughs> um, thank you for buying that. that could, they cost a pound, innit? That's, that will help us make. What do you, what do, you do for a living, Zoe? You work for a housing association and I've stolen a pound off you. <laughs> I feel pretty mad. Thank you. Is that, is that, is it good, is it a good housing association or are you throwing poor people out of houses? All the time, yeah, good. Uh, good, because now people have seen you. Is, is this your, uh, uh, he's done pretty well for himself, hasn't he? I was going to say, is this someone, someone you're helping care for in the <laughs> community? How you doing, Graham? You all right? Yeah, Good, that's good. He hasn't assuaged me of that feeling, having spoken to him. What do you do for a living, Graham? I work for a housing association. You work for the housing association? Well, did you meet at the housing association together? I should be filming all of this. You didn't meet at the housing association. You, got, you, got, you, you were in there, and then you said, I can get you into the housing association. Is that why you got together, just for the, for the housing association job? Yeah, mainly for that. That's good. It's good. Is it good money, the housing association? Yeah, better than what you were doing before, down and out in the streets. Yeah, good. It's nice you've helped. I'm glad. I'm nice you've helped him and made him feel part of the community. So uh, it's uh, it's uh, good to be here. I will uh, now introduce uh, my second guest. I'm sorry, my only guest this week. It's a very different week. Many things have happened. He is probably best known for his appearance on the short films The Corner Boys. Anyone seen that? Yeah, good, isn't it? <laughs> it's uh, rarely is something that's actually quite good that I've mentioned at the top. Ladies and gentlemen, Scroobius Pip! <laughs> Here he comes, hopefully. There he is. Come in. Welcome. Thank you very much. Sit down. There's a microphone. Hello. The Corner Boys. Yes. It's good. I watched my wife said to me just as I was doing the nearly finished preparing for this. She said she'd seen you interview Brett Goldstein. Excellent. And then they played some of the Corner Boys. Yes, which is it was a good fun. Short films you were in. Yeah, we did these little sh- shorts about two kind of middle-aged drug dealers who are on a corner, but 
the, the kind of un, unwritten bit is we're on the wrong corner, right. but we're too scared to leave because we've got to s- sell all the drugs or we'll get in trouble. Yeah. So they go on just continually, just us not selling anything because we're on the, obviously we're on the wrong corner. Where there's no one going to be there. But yeah, that's kind of all they are. But it's good right. fun. Are you doing more of them? There's three of them. I've yeah, seen. we've done three, and we're going to do more. Uh, Brett Goldstein and John Drever, who are doing with, have just done S- Super Bob, which yeah. is amazing. Um, and yeah, now they've finished that, we're going to do a couple more. We think. Cool. Yeah. Will it become a movie as well, like Super Bob? Has? I don't know. That'd be nice. We, yeah. <laughs> John, John keeps joking that we're going to just do them for years and then make s- Super Boyhood, which right. Boyhood yes. is obviously the, the Richard Linklater <laughs> film, which he filmed over thirty years. So yeah. And are they, are they quite, is it quite scripted or is it, is it quite it has a feel of being improvised but is it yeah there's a there's a mixture we'll email back and forth some ideas and scripts and then we'll forget it all and talk <laughs> nonsense on the day I, I the the biggest problem for John editing is just us just giggling at each other all the time because Brett's just he's got a funny looking face he has um, <laughs> and his voice is funny so yeah and similar so it's kind of yeah we go back and forth on that was that some, something you wanted to get into as well as uh, into acting as well yeah yeah so I've, I've kind of I'm on a year or two off from, from gigs at the moment yeah. and I'm doing I've, I've been doing some acting and the first like film I've got is is I just did earlier this year is a, a Guy Ritchie film that comes out next year and, and then I've been doing a TV series by Kurt Sutter who wrote S- S- Sons of Anarchy okay. and The Shield and stuff like that and it's great because everyone else on them of like actors and that <laughs> <laughs> and I just run around all excited just going yeah. like oh look at that like, I've got to ride a horse on a beach like with a sword brilliant <laughs> Best it was in Wales. It's, oh, it's amazing. But luckily, with that beard, you don't have to do as much acting as exactly. The it's all covered. Or oh, both yeah. the things I've got cast in are medieval. All right. Because <laughs> I look proper fucking medieval. So <laughs> I'm just trading off that at the moment, and it's fine. There's no, there's no real acting there. There's just turn up, have beard, leave. <laughs> Get on horse. <laughs> get on horse. Yeah, uh, we've already talked with each other this week at great length. Yeah, we talked for ninety minutes almost. Yeah. I think it was in the end. So we've traded off on podcasts. I did your yes. podcast uh, on Wednesday. It would be out before this. I so believe. it'll be out before this. So, so you will have been on my podcast on December second. I think. Right. I think this is out in sort of January. So sometime. it's so confusing because it's the future to people here, but it the is. past to other people listening. <laughs> it is. It's oh, it's manic. Yeah. So, you know, we've probably said everything we need to say to each other yeah, already. Yeah, so thanks that's for the, having me on. That's um, all right. It's been really lovely. Um, no, yeah, it was great. Um, I, I do my Distraction Pieces podcast, and we did. It's, I like it because it, it ranges from, like, half an hour sometimes to 90 minutes. Right. And we got a good 90 minutes out yeah. of it, so it went well. But I've had some where it's just been really... It's got a bit stuck. Right. And, um, so, yeah, it was nice that we just we spoke perfectly comfortably and, f- and freely and it felt yeah. like we didn't have to, to fill anything. I could go on if I need to. That's the thing. Yeah, I mean, I that was s- great. I did. I got some emails done. <laughs> I... <laughs> so you've, you've had quite... You've got a disparate number of guests, kind of a, a smorgasbord of yeah. musicians and, that, and comedians. And yeah, it's a real range from, like, a Wes Borland from Limp Bizkit to Billy Bragg, to, yeah. to, to Simon Pegg, to Russell Brand and Paddy Considine, all sorts of, yeah. How do you range. get all those people on it? Because then, like, can I get them on mine? Yeah, easy. <laughs> mainly Twitter. Yeah. M- mainly Twitter. But that was exactly it. I realised I, li- I was listening to a lot of podcasts and I realised that from doing music, I'd met a lot of people who were nice. Yeah. And it was kind of, or met or had contacts with. I basically looked, I decided to do a podcast as soon as Twitter brought that thing in that you could 
a look at your followers and click who's verified. And therefore, they're worth having as a guest, right? That was, <laughs> that was, and if they're following me, they must know who I am. So, yeah, yeah then just, just started to go oh, through that list clever. and hit yeah, people I've never up. Thought, I've never thought of looking through literally so many followers, it would take me a long time yeah, to do no, that. No, but, but uh, there's the verified button. There's a yeah. separate thing oh, that there? you can click so it only brings up the verified oh, one. Okay. It gets rid of all these people. Yeah, good. <laughs> it filters them out and just holds the podcast worthy no well that's that could be useful <laughs> though it might be upsetting if I look at that and find it's nobody <laughs> yeah that would be awkward it would just be me on again like, oh he's verified you know? uh, but yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting that people I mean, that is the great thing about Twitter I think in terms of I mean and for this as well that you yeah. will contact people yeah. who if you try to contact them via their agent won't if, any, if ever I had tried to get someone on via their agent it becomes quite difficult I've not had anyone on via their agent no. and we're on on, on this I think you're this. 70th guest I think really um, and yeah all the only time I've had an agent get in touch was uh, uh, when I was doing this I was having Simon Pegg on and I'd all arrange it and the agent got in touch and I was like oh it's going to be awkward they were just being lovely they, yeah. were, they said can we get can we hear it before it goes out I was like not really it's not really how it works <laughs> we kind of do it because they're quite it was normally a week's turnover at that yeah. point I was like not really and they're like well can you just send us some bullet points because we want to try and get some extra press for it I was like all oh, right, I thought you were checking up on me. As I was, if it's just to get extra press and help out, then sure, listen away. It was more the fear of, I don't want them to say, you can't have this in there, you can't have that. Yes. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it does, that can be. Well, people have, and as we were saying, people do open up in this podcast. They really sometimes, do. So yeah. it's, but it's, there's something about the medium of it. It's very, and it's, well, I suppose because you've, you, I think like we've, Sort of in the diff- very different fields, we sort of embraced similar yeah. ways of doing things because you're a very self-contained unit of creativity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So completely. you started off in, in living in, which I want to know a lot about. Stanford La Hope is where yeah. you were, grew I up. I still live there. Do you? I lived there for 34 years. It doesn't Probably sound 33. like 33. I had a year in Wolverhampton. Oh, did you? We don't talk about it that. It doesn't <laughs> sound. It doesn't sound like a real place, Stanford no, La Hope. No, it doesn't. And, and it, it sounds. It's, it sounds like it's half French. Do you think it sounds? Fancy or not fancy? I, I can never it decide. It sounds like just like a, it sounds like it's in the Hobbit or something. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't yeah. feel like instead it's, a real it's in between Tilbury and Basildon. <laughs> <laughs> so couldn't couldn't be less Hobbitish, yeah. could it? Really, it's <laughs> not. It's, yeah, no, it's it's but a like little the town. hope as well. It sort of feels like they, 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 if you've got the potential there for yeah. it to be nice, but it's not. No, it's not nice. <laughs> Stanford, the, no hope. There's is always it's commonly the, called. Yeah, there's so. the dream that if you yeah. live there long enough. Yeah, Something yeah, yeah. So imagine what could happen. <laughs> Stay here, stick it out. Um, yeah, no, I've, I've, I've lived there my whole life. It's a little town. It's, uh, it's a weird one because it's not amazing. But I realised, for years I thought I loved Stamford. And then I realised that I loved... Um, basically all the stuff in my living room because that's where I stay. That's the only place in Stanford I go to. So yeah, Stanford's great. I was yeah. like, well, oh, I mean my house and my mum's house. and <laughs> That's it. Um... But it's a weird one. It's kind of it, it's not as horrible as I make out. There is still some some racism there, some homophobia, like some some just small mindedness. But for some reason, I really feel it's important to remain surrounded and aware of that kind of thing at points. I did a, a few Christmases ago. This this is a story that in, in, in involves you, so perfectly topical. But <laughs> I did I did a, a one of a Robin Ince's um, shows at Christmas. Oh yeah, and. Being a fan of so much comedy and all sorts, of, I'd just done this gig. At, um, where did I do it? A Shepherd's Bush Empire. It was one of their big ones, and there was you. There was there was 
I think Coogan had come on and Brian Cox and loads of amazing people. And I'd got to do a poem in a sold out, a shepherd's a Bush Empire and everyone paid attention, enjoyed it. And it was amazing. And then I left to get the last train home and some girls from Tilbury tried to steal my trainers and set my beard on fire. <laughs> and that's really good for keeping you grounded, I think. If there was a point where I was like, man, I'm, I'm mixing in some good circles here. This is really... It's, I, I don't know. I, it's why I've stayed there. And I, I also feel, again, when you've got a life where you tour an awful lot, yeah. if you move somewhere, you're not really going to get to know that area. Or particularly the time I moved last, I was touring eight, nine months of the year. So it's like, I'd rather the bits where I am home, it feels like home. Yeah. And it's familiar. That's cool. So you worked in HMV. I worked in HMV for years, yeah. <laughs> where you met Don Lassac. That's, that's where I met Dan, yeah, yeah. And, and I, I loved HMV. I, I thought it was good. Yeah. It was, that was in the days when HMV was staffed with... Um, that sounds like I'm about to insult the staff. But the... It was kind of known that HMV staff were all really into music and did, like you could go in there and ask advice and they had yeah. back catalogue and a Virgin Megastore was more, they just had the big n- 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 new releases and that. So yeah, particularly as it was pre kind of file sharing and that, yeah. it was genuinely a great education in music and film because the people who worked there were passionate about it. So you could generally like get recommendations and get yeah. t- 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 tons of good stuff. So I and so. It. What, how, what, how did you progress to doing your own stuff? I mean, was, very, was it all very kind of homemade and you set up a yeah, production company? Yeah, it was all very homemade. I kind of, I was doing music <clears throat> and working in HMV and kind of t- telling myself that I'm a musician, but I'm doing a job just to pay the bills. And then it got to a point where I was getting offered kind of, I'd got up to a, a lower management or whatever, and they were offering, I think I got offered an, or asked to apply for an assistant manager job. And I thought, right, either... I need to stop pretending I'm a musician and focus on retail, which I must add, I think is fine. Like, I really enjoyed it. I, re- yeah. I, I was good at retail. I can sell shit. <laughs> I'm good at selling scum on £5 to people from Essex. The film scum, not... Um, and um, so, yeah, we, we kind of... I, I decided, right, I thought I'll, I'll, I'd... I saved up for a while, and then I thought, right, I'll... I'll take a year off to just do music. So I've got nothing, I've not got a job to fall, fall back on at this point. I, and if I don't succeed after a year, I'll stop and then I'll go on and do something else. And it was almost a year to the day that um, That Should Always Kill came out, which was my first single with Dan the Sack. Yeah. And it got in the top 40 and yeah, I've not had to go back yet. Yeah, I mean, that's sort of kind of amazing to make that decision. Yeah, yeah. And not from, I mean, from a position of, I mean, you, you had enough, you'd saved up enough money to live for a year but I'm yeah, presuming I mean, not, on, not in great luxury I was going to say I say that I w- <laughs> we were discussing earlier that not really ones for spending money on loads of things yeah. or luxuries and it was yeah I, I, I look at it now and I think it was something like five or six grand I'd save to live yeah. for a year but I lived at home with my mum and I, I spent a lot of it I bought I spent 700 quid on a, a 1987 Toyota Space Cruiser right. which the seats could fold down to make a bed so I toured the country and lived in that for a, a, a good while so yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of interesting. I think it's sort of you wanting wanting to do something and then getting out there and doing it. And a lot of people say, "Oh, I can't do this because it's too difficult." And it is, you know, breaking into music. I would imagine is, especially as someone doing it yourself, is is more difficult. And in in this century, it's more difficult than anything. (laughs) Turns out it's easy. I did it for a year. Had a song in the top forty. Yeah, been doing it ever since. (laughs) I don't know all this kind of touring for years and never made. It was easy. Yeah. But no, no, I do. I'm going to give do it a go. Th- I'm going to take the next year, I, and I'm going to do it. <laughs> do it. <laughs> I do think there is an element of like I've always been convinced that even 
just within my circle of friends. I don't think I'm particularly more t talented than a lot of them. Like s some of them, proper more talented than. There's some idiots. <laughs> but um, the majority of them, not no more talented. But the simple thing being, I I went and did it. Yeah. Like I, it was that actual thing of going right. No, I'm actually going to do this, and then that's yeah. If you do it, then if you don't do it, there's nothing they can buy or can yeah. engage in. Yeah, if you don't like do it, it's not going to happen. Yeah, that, yeah, is, exactly. that is the that's rule. The if simple, you don't bother trying that, to do it, that, it you won't do it. That old fable. <laughs> <laughs> like my granddad used to say. <laughs> no, but again, I did, I can't remember who I heard it. I'm sure it was a Seinfeld quote or something where it just said, if you've got something to fall back on, then you're going to fall back. Yeah. So it was that thing of going, right, I'm not going to have a job. I'm not going to have a career path anymore. Therefore, the music had to succeed and... That's kind of the way it's gone. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, I talked to this about Louisa a few weeks ago, Louisa Armand a few weeks ago, about um, how, you know, although I think, like, within the arts industry, there's a lot of rich people now who are, yeah. you know, who public school educated and, 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 have, and have a parent who can buy them somewhere to live yeah. and who are, you know, who are able to do this job because it does take a certain amount of of not earning any money yeah, and, and work. So they, if they have that money to go, but also if you don't have the money and you don't have any, anything there, then you really have to yeah, work. Yeah, you really it. have to so, push every day. So in, it a, in a sense that you think, oh, it's not fair because of this, but actually because you, of the, I think you really need the drive to yeah. make it in any of this. I couldn't agree more. I was yeah. doing, um, I did, at first I went around the country a lot and that was a, a nerves thing as much as anything. I was far more comfortable performing in front of people. I could, have a legitimate feeling that I will never see again. I mean, that's not very ambitious on career, but um, it's so if it's shit, then it's like, it doesn't matter, yeah. I'm not here. I'd r rather than playing in, in front of my friends. Um, but then uh, when I was back, uh, back in Essex, I was coming in and doing th th three or four open mics a week in London, just because you could. It was, it was an option and you don't know who's going to be there. And I learned, again, it was pure chance, but I learned that that gave me the image of being far more successful <laughs> than I was because I was a six foot four guy with a beard called Scroobius Pip <laughs> it sticks in your mind so <laughs> if people were in the spoken word scene someone had mentioned they'd seen this guy and someone else would go oh yeah I've seen him and not kind of registering that they'd all seen me at nights that anyone could have got up and performed that <laughs> because there's instantly that oh yeah I've seen him as well it's like yeah. well it gives the illusion that I'm this successful touring artist when I just turned up a lot. <laughs> I wasn't getting paid anywhere. But, but when you were driving around the country, sort of, were you generally turning up at venues and seeing if there was a gig or had you What, had what you I did it was, I, me and, and my mate, a, a Chris, who's here tonight, I was actually here last week for Hal as well. We watched, we watched yeah, Hal was, last yeah, week. It was, was, was great. Um, um, <laughs> so we um, would tour around. And originally, I had like either um, a boombox with some, some, some backing tracks on or... I had a little speaker and I'd just do spoken word or I'd beatbox into a loop pedal and rap over the top, which sounds great in f films and stuff. <laughs> but when you're doing it in Manchester City Centre, they're not that up for it. They don't really want to hear poetry. I think it was in Manchester we lasted 10 minutes before fin thinking we were going to have all of our equipment robbed and it didn't cost much. So we quite early on just went, right, actually, just going to where the most people are isn't actually that logical because they're there for a reason and they're busy yeah. so what we then started doing was we'd get to each town and we'd buy a magazine of some sort and, and look up the gig listings and see who was similar so if there's someone in a similar g a genre to me they will literally get everyone all my potential fan base and literally line them up against a wall for me <laughs> outside their gig so I'd just turn up to their gigs and do a little performance I'd, I'd, I was always adamant I wouldn't busk or try and sell anything because I think that instantly 
changes the mindset. You're right. on the defensive a bit of someone saying, yeah, sling some money. I'd say at the beginning, look, you've, there's a gig. There's going to be some support, some support bands. You've paid for that. You've got one free. Buy, <laughs> buy, buy one, get one free. So I'd do a little, um, yeah, I'd do a few songs. I'd, I'd hand out flyers of where they could hear more about me. And again, that was always key to me because the thing was, no matter how good you are, it's hugely arrogant to think that they're going to remember you in the morning when they're on their way to see a band that they were already aware of and love. Yeah. The fact is they're going to watch them and that's what they'll remember the next day. Or they'll meet a girl and they'll remember <laughs> that, they, that, that they met a girl rather than some bearded bloke in a suit <laughs> shouting at them. Um, so I'd make sure sh- 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 they had something in their pocket that they could then find that and go, all oh, right, I remember that guy. Um, and yes, so we did that for a bit and it kind of... It's weird. A one of the gigs was a Buck 65 gig in, um, uh, in Camden at the Barfly. And... When I then, so that was in probably 2006 maybe, and when I released my first solo record on my own label in 2011, someone in that cra- in in that queue was made had made a beat for it because he'd 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 enjoyed it and yeah. got in touch down the line, and it's just those weird things of people that had played on on then original shows just all all tied together. Yeah, and the first record you put out, you didn't. You pretend you just put a fake barcode on. So that was the first. That was in two thousand. Like, so I've got I've got a, a tattoo on my leg there. That's a, a a pistol, and I've got a commemorative pistol for when my label launched properly in two thousand and eleven. Yeah. But on my ankle there, I've got a tiny little one. <laughs> so on that one, it says SDR eleven, and yeah. that's my a record label is Speech Development Records. And on the the one there, it says SDR 6 because it technically I launched in two thousand and six, but. It didn't have a barcode on it. It had a catalogue number, but I didn't register the catalogue number anywhere. That was just numbers. I just saw them on records and thought, <laughs> should pop one of them on. So my original r- launch of the label was just me selling them hand-to-hand or over MySpace. So yeah. the proper launch where it was in shops and stuff and had barcodes that worked was in 2011. Right. But, you know, again, that sort of shows this spirit of just wanting to get the stuff out yeah. there. And, and again, the spirit of conning people. Yeah. Of, 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 no, of making them think I'm already successful. Because yeah. they're like, oh, he's got an album out. It's like, yeah, I went and paid that man to make it. I worked in a record shop. I saved up and I paid a man to make a, a, a thousand of them up for me. And right. It was that. It was, the, again, the illusion of being signed and being successful. It's like, no... Idiots. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's, your stuff is very... It's fine now. I am signed and stuff are. like that. So I is But I mean, you know, really. it's, do, it's doing it yourself, which I guess, you know, I think, as we talked about in the other podcast, is it's this, the yes. internet allows uh, smaller acts that aren't, you know, that yeah. don't have that, that massive reach to yeah. be successful and to, and to make money. And, you know, your website is, I mean, you've got like loads of merch. I've got loads of merch. You've got an apron there. you can buy on your, got on your apron, website, for I've example. Got woolly hats. Yeah. Um, yeah, all sorts of stuff. Um, m- mugs. Yeah. I'm, I'm about to, I'll, it, it might be out by now when this goes out. I'm, I'm, I've, I've, I've had a little action figure made. <laughs> This artist uh, called Riker, who's an amazing artist, and his art sells for stupid amounts of money. He wanted to make these little p- plastic Scroobius Pip action figures. I was like, I'm well up for that. So yeah, there's stupid amounts of merch yeah. on, on, on my website, which is a, it's it's a lucky thing of coming f- from music because that seems far more acceptable and part of the the thing. I remember yeah. when I, when I, the, the one a year I did the Edinburgh Fringe, um, and it was the year you did Rule All Gonna Die. Yeah, um, I. Had a, like after the show, I'd have my merch outside, and I had a, f- a few different bits. And I remember, and Nick Helm are coming up to me afterwards and saying, "That kind of how how do I do this? Like how because he 
it, he felt incredibly awkward doing that because I'm so used to that in music that yeah that's yeah. that's what we you have to have your merch that's how you you make your money but he was like he felt oh I feel like I'm being greedy or anything kind of thing afterwards like being there and trying to sell it I was like no that's what that's what you do isn't it and I was, I was yeah. the only one in that particular bit that ever I had to get him to get a special table out for me and everything because no one else was doing any merch I was like I've got loads I've got a book got but you know I think also well I was looking, you did your Edinburgh print it must have been the yeah. same year yeah. and you did a, a double yeah. DVD or CD yeah or? yeah I did a, a double DVD of that and again that that, that was trying to look at being a, a massive a fan of stand-up it was trying to look at I always like trying to look at what works in different genres and, and different areas. So I did that live show as a, a £5 download yeah. in the same way that Louis C.K. had blown that up and Aziz Ansari and all these other people. And then I did a double DVD, but with loads of extras. Because again, it seemed that people didn't do Or in, on films, you don't get that many extras anymore. No. So I did a disc where Tim Key interviews me and then I did a chat with Kate Tempest and Musa Rockwonga and Polar Bear and all these extra bits yeah. and all... All my all all the music videos I've directed, all my my solo ones were on there, and all the just tons of extra bits. And yeah, but it's like only a tenner. But then because yeah. you're producing yourself, then that exactly works because it and... wasn't. I didn't. The the Edinburgh show was the first thing that I decided not to make available on iTunes or Amazon or anywhere else. So it's only there. Yeah. Because again, it makes it exactly that. you can make it ridiculously cheap. The audience are getting a deal, and you're getting a hundred percent of it rather than this tiny little yeah a section. Well, it's I mean it's very similar. Only again, it's very similar to Go Faster Stripe. We make my yeah. DVDs. It's yeah. like you're not bothering to encrypt I it. I spoke to one of the guys at, at Go Faster to get adv advice at the yeah. time because I bought the Fist of Fun one. Right. That 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 put out you guys and things like that. I, I I hit them up to kind of make some inquiries yeah. and say what's. What do, you, what do you think the benefits are of this and that? So, yeah, it's literally... I've, I've well, I think it's interesting you by not encrypting it... By not encrypting it, you know, you're trusting that your fans... Yeah. Well, also, there's not... Because not necessarily there's not that... You know, there's not millions of pounds in yeah. in reproducing our stuff. The people who want it will buy it and the people who don't want it... But exactly they know... If they, they trust you, if you're giving it for 10 quid, yeah. then no one's going to go, oh, let's put this up online as well. Because yeah, you go, yeah. well, let's not do that. I did on my first... As a solo record on the proper solo record in 2011 which is called Distraction Pieces which ended up being the name of my podcast um, a week before the album came out I did I released a faked torrent of it right. and uploaded it and the torrent I made I used the original beats so it was all the all the right uh, song lengths and times so it, before you download you wouldn't know and it was basically a DVD commentary it was me just talking over the beats and yeah. first of all explaining that if you're stealing this you're stealing Directly for me, but but then saying that <laughs> that the, 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 the first song, oh, this is the drums are from are by Travis Barker, and just doing this and explaining everyone involved, and then just really getting across in a hopefully entertaining way. I was watching um, a transfer deadline day on Sky Sports at the same time, so I was also giving some updates on what Joey Barton was doing and and and, and, and stuff like that, and kind of just it was a way of making it a light and fun, but also making it clear that there's not some major label that you're ripping off here. The, yeah. the, everyone I mentioned, oh, you get some interesting facts. Like, oh, he did the drum, like, Zane Lowe produced this beat and he hadn't produced anything in ages since he did this and now he's yeah. done this and that. And so you had some interesting stuff, but it made generally everyone, as far as, or everyone who contacted me who got it did go, yeah, fair play, I went and paid for it after that. Because it was, you know, you kind of, you've got that and you're like, all right, that's, there's some effort there to, yeah. to say, don't be a dick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Instead of just ch chastising people, yeah. just kind of trying to make it a more entertaining and interesting way of, of getting that message across. Sure. I mean, I like, what I like about your stuff, obviously, is very, I mean, you're the, there's, there is an element of 
comedy within it. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah you've yeah, obviously yeah. got level, a lack of comedy background, but the, you know it's very it's very lyrically witty and yeah. and clever. So, how, how, what comedians would you are you as influenced by comedians as you are by musicians? Yeah, or hugely. It? And I, I think the thing that where where my subject matter wise, I tend to go quite dark and serious at points. I think it's really essential to use some humour in there as well yeah. to get that across. And again, uh, I mean, I look at them like across to America. Otherwise, I'm just going to keep mentioning a you and other people, and it will get <laughs> awkward. Um, but looking across to people like. A, a Louis C.K. and Doug Stanhope, yeah. people like that, who will talk about some really serious and dark stuff, but will subvert it so well by getting either really offensive or really sh- shocking and then bringing it all round to having a more serious meaning. And again, I like what the Edinburgh Fringe show, the thing I was most nervous about was I'd written some gags to go in between and to link things and to make it all go together and to purposely have these moments of lightness that then turn into a really serious yeah. dark bit. And that was the bit I was, I was, I was most nervous about because I'd never had anything like that in, <laughs> it, in that area, and particularly Edinburgh it being known for its, its comedy. And I was essentially doing a spoken word show rather than a stand-up show. So, as, as, yeah, the mixture of that kind of thing and seeing people that, yeah, are so skilled in getting serious messages across but it not feeling like a lecture. I think particularly with spoken word in that whole scene, you're always at risk of feeling like people are coming out and getting chastised and then yeah. sent home to think about all the wrong in the world. It's like, it shouldn't be that. I've always been, my aim has always been that when people come out and see anything I'm doing, that it's a good night out and it's entertaining. Yeah. And then hopefully there's some interesting things to talk about or think about or debate afterwards. But in, ge- in general, the primary part should be they've had fun. Yeah. Because for me, I know I always go on that I don't really like music. I do like music, but I, l- I find it so much of it is, you know, th- I think when you're growing up as well, so much pop music, it's so yeah. glib and the lyrics yeah. are so, I, mean, I always like music that was lyrically interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah, it seems completely. to me to not, you know, and the music's obviously a big part of it, but, but, yeah. but to have, to have the opportunity and not use the, your song to get something across. Yeah, or completely. To, or to have the poetry of language as well as, as music. Seems yeah, insane completely. It always used to annoy me and I use Coldplay as an example, which they're an easy target, but, um, it always used to annoy me when Coldplay were doing an awful lot of really good political stuff and really yeah. good charity stuff. And then they'd release another a, a, a weepy love song. And it's like 10% of your audience are going to see that interview where you talked about some really serious stuff. 100% of your audience are going to hear this song. Yeah. And you can put some content and some, some seriousness in there and still do it in a way that isn't, you know, they're really talented musicians so so you could address some serious subjects in a way that's still enjoyable that's still artistic but all of the audience will hear it rather than the few who are looking at this interview where you're or or where you've you've drawn on your hand or some shit or whatever they used to do I played Trivial Pursuit with him so uh, there you go did you win? Uh, I can't remember but every time he landed on history we sang yellow at him brilliant brilliant (laughs) did (laughs) did he call them Cheeses or wedges? I wish I could remember. To be honest, I didn't <laughs> know. Important. I, he's a friend of Al Murray's, and I went yep. round to Al Murray's house, and like, he was there. And he's meant I to be lovely. He's lovely. He's a really nice yeah. guy. I really, really like him. I didn't really know any because I don't know much about pop music. Yeah. And it was early on, but they I were. Bet he hated it. They were pretty. I, like, I don't, don't know. If, don't I don't really know. People, you don't really. The second no. time I saw him, I said, uh, "I've just been to Australia. Your album's on for sale in Australia. You're doing really well." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, thanks, yeah. Richard. Yeah, it's going okay. That's how little I certainly knew about music then. But yeah, he's a nice, nice guy. Uh, and um, 
Uh, so the uh, is, so the, you've obviously got a stutter. Yes, I have which got I've a stutter. Noticed. Yes. I noticed then I noticed it with my yeah. ears. And uh, <laughs> is that this, you think this came from a, dr- a drowning incident? Yeah, as a kid? it came from when I was drowning. I find stutters absolutely fascinating because yeah. we don't really understand them. But when I was sixteen or so. Um, I found out I had hypnosis, or, or 14 or 15, I had hypnosis, because it turns out that stutters generally come from a traumatic experience. You're right. not born, you don't tend to be d- a born a w- with a stutter. See, I'm, st- I'm stuttering more now, we're talking about it, Jesus. Um, and so, yeah, so when I was f- five or six, I was on holiday in France, and I nearly drowned. I was walking along the beach, and a wave swept up and took me out, and my dad came out and saved me. Um, and at the time, I didn't know it was a serious thing because my parents really played it down. Right. Like, I always remember my dad just saying, oh, you've ruined my trainers. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, it was played down. But my mum, again, I, I found this out years and years later. My mum, after it, was starting to really panic because I was, um, she kept hearing me, hearing me talking just on my own. Yeah. She's like, what are you doing? I was like, oh, I'm talking to the, the voices. And I could hear these, apparently I could hear voices. So, as, as, so they took me down to Lourdes and right. got holy water and put holy water in my ears <laughs> to, to get rid of the, 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 the demons. Wow. <laughs> Did and it work? I think it gave me a stutter, that damn holy water. <laughs> I'm going to sue the, the, the Vatican. <laughs> but yeah, no, again, it's, so yeah, I got that and then it developed more and more as I was, I was, I was growing up. It's was, it was worse at school. It's things like it's worse on the phone and stuff like that. But yeah. It's interesting, man. Well, it isn't, but it's also interesting. I mean, there are other performers. Daniel Kitson yeah. is an, a good yeah. example. That you would sort of think, well, that's another hurdle to overcome yeah. if you're going to be a singer or a, a, yeah. a performance artist. Again, I get tons of really nice messages from people with stutters saying how um, brave it is and stuff like that to do. Because, again, the podcast, the radio show, everything kind of based around speech. And I always feel bad because I'm just forgetful. <laughs> And I start these things and commit to them and forget that I've got to start. I yeah. Genuinely, when I got my radio show on XFM, I kind of agreed to it. And then they made a deal or someone did a tweet saying it's so bold of them to give a hip hop show to a white guy in his 30s from Essex who's got a stutter. And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, that's, what, that's who I am. I know. I'm not a 20-year-old black kid from the Bronx, am I? Shit. So, yeah, genuinely, I just forget these things. And then I've committed to it, so I can't really yeah. do much about it. But, no, it, it, it doesn't bother me. I always, I always think of the stutters more of an accent-type thing. Like, I've got people... I was, I was with a mate, um, Arise, who's, who's from Newcastle, yeah. and he sounds ridiculous. <laughs> and it's no different from me sounding, you know, ridiculous at points when I, I stutter. So, yeah, yeah, I kind of think of it like that. Almost every word is a mess from his mouth, so yeah. it's only it's more W's and D's that I get stuck with. So yes, yeah. yeah, only a few. That's fair enough. Uh, I'll, I'll try. It. Have you ever seen a ghost? If you've had voices in your head, that might count. Um, yeah, that, yeah, maybe I've heard a ghost. Um, I don't think I've ever seen a ghost. Um, no, no. It's, it's always I find it, it always annoys me that people often see ghosts. Like I've, I had a friend of mine who really, really believes in ghosts, and she right. had this big experience where she was away somewhere and staying somewhere a bit spooky, and this um, a figure appeared at the end of her bed right. and was there, and it was scared her, and then it it went away in the morning and stuff like that. It's probably like, Hal Cruttenden. Yeah, it probably was with his sleep yeah. gropes. Um, <laughs> 
questionable. Um, yeah, no, no, and, and I just had to explain what that is. Is is you were asleep? Yes. Is what happened there because you because the clue is you were in bed, um, and then you and then you went to sleep. Yeah. That's that's the clue. That's the starting clue. And then you woke up. You woke up and there was a ghost at the end of bed. You didn't wake up. You had a dream. That there was a ghost at but the end the of the bed. But the ghosts know that, and so wouldn't they appear deliberately at a time when it would be suspicious Maybe. to keep you know, the air of mystery going, which I think they like. Yeah, That's right. Probably into Otherwise, that. they would just, if they didn't want the mystery, they'd just go, go hello, we are real. Yeah, leave I mean, us, either leave us alone or whatever. And that's the thing Where that gets me is yeah. I know for a fact I would. Fuck about so much. If I, I wouldn't be, they wouldn't be able to hold me down. I'd, I'd be appearing and doing all sorts of kooky stuff. So I don't believe that everyone who's ever died has towed the line of keeping it a bit mysterious and, 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 and pushing a DVD over and stuff like that. It's like as if you can get them all to toe the line. There would have been some prick just really, just really messing about. So yeah, yeah. I'm, I skeptical. think you might be right. You may have. Have you ever seen a Bigfoot? Um, I've got big feet. Yeah. Size nice. 11, 12. That's quite good. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> thank you very much. It's not, this is this not is the, my... you can't just shout things out. I've had to work, I've had to work very hard to get this position where I can say stuff to Scroobius Pip. This is like, and now you've got to shout, I like your shoes. They're this nice is my shoes. third, this is actually my third pair of these. Is it? So I like them. I'm terrible at making, I don't like having unnecessary decisions in my life. Yeah. Um, so years ago I stopped having anything other than um, the exact same brand of black pants because right. I thought making the decision of what pants to wear is a decision I don't need in my life that's unnecessary <laughs> thought each morning go oh shall I wear these ones or these? Yeah. I, just, I just pick them up and put them on yeah. and I got a pair of these trainers years ago and now I just order a new pair on the regular I'll just uh, zoom in on them for they're, um, do the same as I did to that woman's breast it's not as exciting this they're, 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 they're Swiss Beats Reeboks they, so okay. made by the producer Swiss Beats oh cool which is with three Zs cool well maybe we'll get sent some free ones now yeah, we hopefully, put it on this hopefully yeah I think I'd look good wearing those yeah we'd all I think everyone could do with some nice Swiss Beats Reeboks good anything else you'd like to say before we move on is it alright Thank you, they are good. They are, they're proper Jeffrey West shoes. Yeah. I'll just go into their, their boots. They're quite old now. I've just recently had them resold for the third time. There we go. They cost like, they're like 200 quid or something. Yeah. They're a lot, you know, they're good shoes. And Jeffrey West, that's one Z, isn't it? Just uh, <laughs> it is. He's from Northampton. Yeah. As all the good shoemakers are. Yeah. Got some fans in Northampton now. <laughs> uh, Northampton in the house. Yeah. If you were the Prime Minister, yes. would you use nuclear weapons? Um, if, you know, if you had to, or if I you mean, didn't again, have to. I mean, again, yeah, it's a good reason for me not to be Prime Minister, because yeah. that sounds right fun. <laughs> that would be irresistible. As said, I'd fuck about as a ghost. Yeah. I'd definitely fuck about as Prime Minister. It's a shame to have them and not use them, I think. Yeah, exactly. They cost a fortune. They do. <laughs> imagine, I never, imagine I never put these bad boys on my feet. <laughs> Because they, I presume they the get deep. When you spent them, you bought them. There must have been loads, must have loads of times, and they last for a certain amount of time. Then they're decommissioned. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So just at least send them. I'd at least shoot them at the moon or something. Yeah, just shoot them into space. <laughs> yeah. Fireworks night. Yeah. Big global fireworks night thing. We all shoot. Our, if we all do decommission, we should all shoot our nukes at the same night yeah. into space. Might <laughs> oh, <laughs> might have reap. If we all they all hit the moon. <laughs> We actually took the moon out that might 
The moon is our friend in many ways. Yeah. It's a part of the reason we've survived so long. You know, a lot of the asteroids hit the moon, so you might think, oh, that'd yeah. be harmless fun, destroying the moon. Yeah. But think of the tides. Yeah. Women's period's got to be connected. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that would, we wouldn't have anywhere to send creepy old men. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> At this time, that's topical. It is, the yeah. When this comes out, it won't be topical. It's almost be... nostalgic by the yeah, time this nostalgic. comes out. It's almost like, I, I love 2015. <laughs> be by the time this comes out. You remember they did the advert? Oh, what was that about? The old guy. That old guy, what was his story? Uh, do you think having sex with a robot should be counted as cheating? No. Good, thank I you. So the, the, the voice is rising for the anti... It being cheating voice. You see, you, yeah, no, no, I definitely... I, I, <sighs> it's not a person. No, it's it's even if it, looks like a, it, it, it looks like a person, it's not a person. Yeah, exactly, but I mean, I'm not even sure that this... It's going to sound bad if I say, I'm not even sure if it's bad that it's a person, because <laughs> that's definitely cheating. It but is no, cheating. Just let me explain okay. further. Um, I've, I've never... <laughs> there was a thing recently about a pop star got in trouble for using one of them, them massage parlours right. that do... Do dirty bits okay. at the end yeah. of it. Um, I've never used one myself. No. But it, I was thinking, well, he's not doing that. There's no actual connection with the person there. Yeah. And possibly even less connection than he has mentally when he's at home masturbating over porn. Yeah. So why is that worse? Because, it's, again, it's clinical. It's not emotional. So yeah. it's similar to a robot. I'm it not is. saying that no, okay. Thai massage people are robots. That's... That's offensive. They could be, though. In the future, they, they could, could be. well be. They probably are now. now, now <laughs> think about you. No, I, yeah, again, I find that confusing because why would a robot be more of a of a sin? Is it a sexy robot? Definitely, definitely. <laughs> well, there you go. If it's a sexy robot, again, that's no different from from watching porn. No, and imagining. well, that's why. I think, well, there's lots of things that are allowed by most in most relationships. Yeah, as a just a little release valve, you know. Yeah. You know what it gets like when you with that. You have to look at that every day. <laughs> I'm pointing at the bloke. Yeah. Uh, you know that you you have to have you know imagination at least. Hey, just occasionally yeah. you think that you imagine it's me, don't you? Just occasionally. Yeah. <laughs> Tonight you will. If, even if you're not going to, that will. It'll just pop into your head now. It's because I've done the association. <laughs> just for a second, it'll be. Oh no. For both of you as well. Yeah. So. <laughs> And that's, you know, they can't imprison our minds, can they? No. They can imprison our fingers, but they can't imprison our mind. Well, they, they'll be fine. I think it'd be interesting. It'd be an interesting experience to have sex with a robot. I don't think it'd be that good. No. I'm, an, I'm often an early adopter of technology, and I yeah. think the... Uh, that's one you want to wait until And I think the first sex robots will probably be quite... Dangerous. Dangerous. Yeah, <laughs> frankly, sh um, edgy, yeah, sharp, just jagged. Sharp. <laughs> Mangy, <laughs> you know, but I will still give it a go pleasant. just on principle, yeah, for, for, for the good of everyone. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll ask you, I'm going to go with one of the other emergency questions that we haven't um, uh, gone too much. Matthew Plumridge, which is you know, that's enough on its own, isn't it? Yeah, uh, my answer is yes, <laughs> it's not a yes or no Matthew question. Plumridge? Matthew Plumridge. <laughs> Which is, you know, I must have said this the last time. We've all got, all men have a plum ridge. That's why it's not. But his ancestor must have had an amazing plum ridge. Must have been like one of those lizards with the necks. Yeah. He was going for it. <laughs> for them to call him that, why would you call him? The only reason you would be called that. Yeah. 
Uh, he says, would you prefer to shit yourself every time you saw someone eat a banana or ejaculate every time you saw your mother-in-law slash father-in-law slash, I don't know, in your case, you're not, you're not a marriage. I'm not married, but... Um, yeah. Partners, far parents. It's not a very good question. I don't know why. No, I went it's to... tough. I'd rather. I mean, if there's, if I just, I, I just, I just, it makes me glad to live in a world where that doesn't have to be a reality. <laughs> it makes me really. There's a lot of bad things going yeah. on in the world, but I don't shit myself every time I see somebody eat a banana, <laughs> yeah, no. and I don't always ejaculate <laughs> when I see my mother slash father-in-law. <laughs> You could, I mean, you could answer most of my questions in that way. Uh, so, <laughs> if you had to go for a week's holiday with one of the puppets from Spitting Image, do yeah. you ever watch Spitting Image? Yeah, I did, but I was really struggling. Again, like when I was here last yeah. week for How's One. It's a um, hard question. I was really struggling to remember who uh, people that were on. Well, in David Spitting Mitchell Image. gave the, you know, I shouldn't have stopped answer, asking the question because David Mitchell gave the perfect answer. What did he go for? He went for Melvin Bragg. Yes. Because he thinks he would choose somewhere nice to go on holiday. And also the puppet, puppet wouldn't be that irritating. You could have a, spend a week with that yeah, puppet yeah. and it would probably have a reasonable comfort. The people who were operating would have to stay in character yeah. of what they imagined Melvin Bragg would be like. Yeah. That would be, even though it isn't Melvin Bragg, it would still be quite an interesting week. Yeah, no, that'd be nice. So it, I it think was, he's answered the question. Yeah, no, he's nailed it. I would, I would choose to go on holiday with them because <laughs> David Mitchell seems delightful as well. Yeah. So. I'd, I'd just I'd just tag along on there on there <laughs> if, that's, if that's acceptable. Maybe we'll just do that for everyone. everyone. At the end yeah. of the run, yeah. all of the guests can go on holiday with the Melvin yeah. Bragg. It's going to cost a lot of money. I don't know who will fund it. We'll have to kickstart it. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. I'm up for Do you think that. people will pay for that? They won't pay for me playing snooker. I'm trying to raise a million pounds for me yeah. to play snooker against myself. Yeah. Like, I, I, I mean, not no, people, anything people weird who, yet, people who, people who are listening to this at home will know whether I've succeeded or not. There's still ten days to go. Oh wow! And I'm at oh fifty-five thousand pounds, which you know, in one way you go, well, that's not very near to a million. In another way, you go, that's fifty-five thousand pounds. It makes and, it, it, it makes me think of when um, was it Kate Moss or, or Naomi Campbell was saying, I don't get out of bed for less. Than <laughs> yeah, this. exactly. I don't play snooker with myself for, for fifty-five grand. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. How dare you? <laughs> you think I am sitting around hoping to play snooker with I myself? Find it, I find it insulting. So yeah. interesting. You know, it's interesting what people will fund and what they won't. So if yeah. I went to them and said, I've got a hundred guests I've had on uh, the podcast so far. And I want to pay for them all to go on holiday with the Melvin Bragg speaking English puppet, yep. which you'll have to buy from whoever bought it in the auction. Yep. And we'll have to find the original puppeteer and the person who did the voice. They're coming yep. as well. Yep. But no one can address them. But then it's, then it's a much more interesting holiday, isn't it? Because you're on holiday with Stephen Merchant. Yeah, it's great know, fun. I mean, no one would talk to the Melvin Bragg puppet. No, exactly. The poor puppet. But I think what you should now do is <laughs> yeah. if by some freak of nature, your Kickstarter does not achieve the snooker. You should yeah. contact them all and say, would you be willing to keep your bid on, transferring it to pay for a holiday for everyone who's <laughs> yeah. previously been on? Because yeah. 55 grand could cover us. We don't have to go anywhere fancy. That's true. Well, it's up to the Melvin Bragg puppet. That's exactly. the, that's the, that's the unknown yeah. element of it. Yeah, I don't think I'd have expense. If, you, if, you've, if you've given him a budget, yeah. you didn't say you couldn't give him a budget. That's true. You've got 55 grand. There's 100 people to take away. <laughs> Take your pick. We have to find a time when they're all available. Yeah, exactly. We have to somehow press game them into the ones who don't want to come. It's doable. Who didn't have a very nice time on this. I mean, a free holiday <laughs> yeah. with, with Stephen Merchant is yeah. it's going to tempt anyone. He might be one of the ones who's difficult Shit. to persuade. <laughs> My enthusiasm for a holiday with Stephen Merchant <laughs> might put Stephen Merchant off at this stage. Sport is intrinsically stupid. Discuss. 
I love sport. Okay, I was well up then. until six o'clock last night watching sport. What sport? How'd you like did, that? What sport do you fancy? A mixed martial arts. Okay. Typical. Nah, it doesn't really. Typical count as a bearded sport. poet. <laughs> loves a bit of cage fighting. Doesn't really count as a sport when it's Does, just when it's just made up. Though. It's not made up. That's wrestling you're thinking of. <laughs> I was deliberately being. Yeah, I, I was no, trying to cage fight you. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm a big fan, and I, yeah. and I also enjoy the football. Yeah. Again, I do feel they would be um, sport in general would be among the most challenging things to explain to an alien life form. Yeah. So I can see they are kind of ridiculous because again, it's like we're all chasing that ball, and when we're happy we're happy if it goes there but not happy if it goes there yeah it is it is ridiculous but it's, it's a bit of fun isn't it <laughs> it's a bit of fun yeah there's, there's an escapism to it I can understand and yeah. it's a, a drama without a script genuinely one of my emotional moments as a human was at a football game I don't know why I specified as a human <laughs> In, in, in my other forms, there's been far more emotional moments. But um, I'm a Millwall fan, and, and, and there's um, a player called, called Neil Harris, who was nearly our top goal scorer at one point, and then he got testicular cancer. Okay. And the club stuck by him. It's all going to get very serious now. Um, the club stuck by him and, and helped him and kept him, kept him on the wage and everything. And he got over his test... He beat his testicular cancer and came back. And... It took him a while to get back to speed and we we're towards the end of the season I think and we were at home and he hadn't scored since he'd come back and we were against, I can't think who, and we're in their area, it's a technical term, <laughs> in, the, in, their, in their penalty box um, and a one player had a chance for quite an easy tap in and I swear there was about four or five just passing it around until he got in, in position and then he scored whole team brought him on their shoulders, brought him to the home fans. Everyone was just, it was just the most beautifully emotional and, and human moment from a bunch of burly men who don't really sh show emotions. So, yeah, it felt worthwhile in that moment, okay. Richard. It's hard for me to <laughs> resist saying about the th a thousand jokes I thought of during it. Yeah, 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 no, it's fine. Because <laughs> although testicular cancer isn't amusing... Testicles are really amusing. Yeah, that very is funny. That is the terrible dichotomy I found myself in. Then I'm it's, quite it's, proud of myself for getting through it. It's obviously <laughs> it's a terrible faux pas to give away anyone else's material or gags on podcasts and that. But yeah. there's an Anthony a Jeselnik joke that always right. comes. It's, it's very short, but he just said um, his friend phoned him up to say he had he had cancer, and obviously. It's n it's n that's never a funny thing to hear from anyone but it was the way he said it <laughs> which, which just kills me every time <laughs> but did you, it's true also that you gave is it true you gave out your phone number on, is it, was it on the I've podcast? done that by mistake on, oh, on, on Twitter once when right. Twitter I didn't have an iPhone and there was a thing where you used to have you'd, if you wanted to put a picture on Twitter you'd text the picture to a number okay. and then it'd upload it. Sometimes I'd accidentally text that picture to Twitter and Twitter would tweet saying y y y you have a photo message from 077 and so on. I'm not going to give it out again now. I've learned from my mistakes. <laughs> but yeah, every now and then I'd have to then just ignore my phone for a bit and right. it wouldn't go well. But yeah. Okay. Not I, fun. But someone rang, someone, did someone bring up who was suicidal? Yeah, yeah, I had an intense one. Because I've got, I've got a few, I've, on the first album I had a song called Magician's Assistant, which is about self-harm and suicide. And someone, I, it's, it's weird because this kid rang up um, and was like, hello. And at that point, if I answered one, I'd just pretend I was my brother. Right. 
which is weird because they don't know my brother, but we do sound quite alike. <laughs> so it was convincing. Um, and I'd say, oh, no, no, I'm his brother. Um, he used my phone to send it so it's not work, but yeah, it's not, it's not him. And this kid was like, well, I know it's you. And I was like, well, yeah, it's not. And I'd already started the lie. <laughs> yeah. So I started this lie. And then he said, I just wanted to ring to say that um, I've had a rough time and a magician's assistant has kept me going until now, but I've decided tonight that I'm going to take my own life, which is tough when you've already started a lie. And you're like, yeah. well, I'm not him, but don't do it. So I, I, um, I then kind of just discussed, I, I chatted to him a bit and he was saying he had tickets to come and see me in a month's time, but he decided this, this, this. And I was, again, I was saying, look, because I have songs like that, I get a lot of people contact me on Facebook and things like that on these subjects. And I'll always try and discuss, but I'm always also really adamant to say, I'm not an expert on these subjects. And I do believe people like the Samaritans and Calm are amazingly underused. They're such, I love that the Samaritans, it's against their rules. Like, like my mum's a Samaritan now and I didn't realise it's against their rules to try and talk anyone out of anything. They're purely there to listen and be a right. voice and someone to, to, to take in, which I think is amazing. So I recommended he talk to the Samaritans but then I also said that he said he's had a rough time for a while and the fact was that if he'd bought a ticket to come and see me in a few months that at some point he felt he had something to live for not yeah. my gig I'm not saying that <laughs> mate I'm, I'm pretty fucking good live if I'm honest so you might want to put this on ice for a, a few weeks but um, no I, I, I just kind of said that um, if, if you've invested money in something like that then there was a point in recent weeks where you've seen yourself yeah. alive in the future so just kind of think of that and um, he said goodbye and I kind of said look or whatever you choose I hope it goes you know the way you want um, and then I did that gig and dedicated that particular song to that um, guy and I got a message a few weeks later from one of his mates saying that he was there and it meant a lot he didn't want to get in touch again because he felt awkward yeah. and weird but yeah that he was there and yeah it meant a lot so yeah that's brilliant yeah. that's pretty good um, I mean, but then I think with the podcast and stuff, it's, it's a very intimate uh, yeah. medium isn't it it really is it really is it's weird how as you were saying how we people give a lot and tell a lot, yeah. I forget how much, because it's so casual and relaxed and I'm doing it every week, yeah. I forget how much of my life I tell people and put out there. And then you'll meet someone and they'll mention something you'll be like, how? what? <laughs> a lot of my friends don't particularly listen to my podcast. So there's a lot of strangers that know way more about me than, than my close friends, which yeah. is weird. Yeah. Well, I find it weird if, I'm, if I meet someone I kind of know quite well and then I'm trying to tell them a story and they go, yeah, I read it on your blog. Yeah. <laughs> If you knew you were going to see me, could you not have read my blog today? <laughs> you know? Could you just pretend I'm better than it? I think that's weird. My, um, my brother left a Facebook recently, and I think it's. I, I'm on Facebook, but there isn't anyone in my life that I care what they're doing constantly. There's not. Yeah. <laughs> There's not. Even my, like, I don't care what my mum had for lunch today. I do not give a shit. I love my mum. She's great. But I don't give a shit what she had for like, or, or, or where she is even. It's to an extent. I hope she's all right. I hope she's happy. I hope she's happy and everything's going well. But it's that weird thing that people... I'm fine with people posting, but it is weird then when people seem to feel you should have seen stuff or you should yeah, know yeah. stuff. And it's like, well, no, I'd rather... Again, I'd rather meet up and discuss the highlights yeah, rather sure. than crawl through all the shit. Um, <laughs> And have something to catch up about. And I do think it, it, it brings us together and apart at the same time, if you know. I mean, we, we all know a bit more, but there's not as much of an urgency to meet up and catch up because, oh, I know, what, I know what you've been doing this last, this last month. Yeah, I think, though, if I'd had the internet 
properly in the 1990s. I would I'd spent a lot of time on my own playing Civilization. Yeah. I think we talked about that on your podcast. Yeah. And, uh, you get to hear that and, twice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I think if, the, if there'd been social media, I would have gone out more. Yeah. I just think, well, I think just because you would have, you know, there'd have been, you'd have found what I found amazing about Twitter was realizing how many people are at home on Saturday evening watching yeah. X Factor or whatever. You go, oh, so everyone isn't out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, completely. And I think that is a, a really good thing. And there's, there's the horror of of trolls and people being horrible and attacking yeah. people. But equally, I mean, a, a prime example has been all the the, tr- the trans agenda stuff recently with with with, with Caitlyn Jenner and all that. And the fact is there are more opportunities for strangers to, to make you feel shit and to attack you. But also, there's far more ability to know that there's millions of people just like you or yeah. thousands of people just like you who are sitting at home playing Civilization or sitting at home doing and whatever. And I think that's amazing. That's kind of a yeah. very cool part about it, that you can find these communities and find these like-minded people. Good. It's also good for uh, terrorists to uh, create their plans and... Uh... yeah do awful things as well that's another advantage of it it is really good um i know that um they started doing no there was a thing when one of the reasons that that won't seem as raw when this comes out so don't react as if this is something else will have happened uh but uh one of the reasons that that facebook and stuff can block up and emails can block up if you use it on multiple computers is because it was a thing for terrorists for a while so that they couldn't be traced, rather than sending messages, typing a message and saving it as a draft, right. but multiple people having access to that same a login. Uh, okay. So that's their plan spoiled now, I've told you all. <laughs> it's one in the eye for the terrorists, can't get away with that shit anymore, we're all onto you. But yeah, I thought that was fascinating, that that was a, a, a technique, so it's never actually transmitting across anywhere, it's saved yeah. in a communal place. I'm not a terrorist, everyone's <laughs> looking at me now, just because I've given some pertinent information about how to be a terrorist <laughs> and I look a bit like a terrorist, it's outrageous. <laughs> Let's move away from terrorism. Yep. Uh, it's, you know, that's just a general piece of advice for the world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the t- I know a lot of terrorists listen to this podcast. Too. Stop. It's big with I mean, the, the terrorists. Ones who are still here, stop doing it, it's bad. I'm against it. Yeah. I'm not a fan. <laughs> the audience to seem um, uh, yeah, sing on the fence. Yeah. They're not sure. They seem they're not like us saying we're against terrorism. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're not well. hating they're, yeah, they're not liking the prejudice against terrorists at the moment. <laughs> terrorists are people too. <laughs> Except the ones obviously that have already you know. Oh, this is what this is what will get us through. I tell you, this is what this is the only way. This is the only way. This is the only way we'll get through this. Um, what song would you like to see replace our national anthem? Have you got? A, would you should write a national anthem. I think our national anthem's rubbish. Yeah, it's not very good, is it? It is. It's, I mean, it's really rubbish, even on the low scale of national anthems. Yeah, it's really slow. Yeah, it's got no vibe. <laughs> lyrically weak. Um, uh, the only bit we should keep in is. Na 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 na. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good build. That's isn't a really it? good yeah, build. Yeah, that yeah. Um, <laughs> Whatever you change, there has to have that in it. Uh, oh, I don't. There's a lot of lovely songs. I'd, <laughs> yeah. I'd, 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 I'd want a song that reflects how crappy we are as yeah. a nation. 
No, I wouldn't. That's a terrible idea, isn't it? We should be, we should be covering that up. Well, there's quite a lot of verses in the, uh, in the current one we have that, are, that do point out how crappy we are, but we don't tend to sing them. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's darkness in, there in, is. in our original one. <laughs> um, get food through. I would go for... God, this is a really hard question, but I'm liking hard. it. It's not entertaining for these guys, but I'm liking thinking about <laughs> it. Um, <sighs> well, we can wait. Yeah, no, there's no rush. You're not going anywhere to... No. Um, <laughs> I'd like to go for... Um, Shake It Off by Taylor Swift. Because <laughs> it's just so catchy. It's hard not to enjoy. But I guess we couldn't have an American one, could we? She's well, an American. we could. That'd be fine. Got a German royal family, so I don't see why um, Robbie Williams, Let Me Entertain You. Imagine that. <laughs> Everyone can sing it. Because the sequel was that Robbie was cheeky rather than actually having a good voice. Yeah. So we can all sing, because everyone can sing the... And does it have the rap bit in it? Is it, I'm an honorary Sean Connery? Is that one in there? Oh, that would be... No, that was... Um, oh, which damn, one was that? That's, that's be that one. Rock, rock DJ, DJ, was it? Oh, yeah. Let's go with Rock DJ. Yeah, then. Rock that'll DJ. just confuse them. <laughs> now we'll all gather and around the queen, to sing the queen, Whoever the queen or the king is has to do the, uh, do the rap. Yeah, yeah. I'm an honorary Sean Connery. I can probably do it. That's the terrible no, that was, It was Millennium was the honorary Sean Connery one. Was it? Millennium collaborating with um, Kylie, the queen, the true queen of England. Okay, yeah. So let's go with a Millennium because yeah, that's millennium. current. <laughs> I won't go out of date. There's a, there'll be another one. Yeah, exactly. There'll be another one long, before too long. You'll see. <laughs> <laughs> um... Well, it's been lovely talking to you for a long time this week. Yeah, we've talked a lot. We've talked an awful lot. I've got a lot. I've got other questions for you. Just, I'm just telling you that. Thanks. Uh, if you had to have sex with an animal, yep. If you had to, yep. What animal would you choose to have sex with? Monkey. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Any particular breed? <laughs> You seem to have thought about it before. I'm quite private about my private life, Richard. I don't really want to get no, they're cute, aren't they? And I don't look that dangerous. Yeah. I'm not a big one. I'm no. not an idiot. That's kind of worse. Oh, wait, is it consensual? <laughs> yeah. Well, it, that opens up a whole uh, another field of questioning about whether it's possible for an animal to consent. I don't think it is. But I don't think it's also because it's an animal. It doesn't have a moral code, so you're all right. Cool. We'll, we'll stick with a monkey then. Yeah, because they don't mind, do they? I don't know. No, they love that. it. <laughs> <laughs> Dirty monkeys. <laughs> Good. Uh, <laughs> I was at the zoo once, and one started m- masturbating as soon as he saw me. <laughs> if that's not consent, I don't know what is. <laughs> it's, it's, de- it's definitely coquettish. <laughs> It's like a coquettish way to behave. If you meet someone and they start masturbating as soon as they see you, yeah. that is a that's more than the like you know. Say if they they twiddle, if they're playing with their hair, they yeah. like you. If they're publicly masturbating, yeah. I'm not sure. I think a lot of they're the, into you. I think those guys who masturbate on buses and stuff that I've heard exist. Is this monkeys uh, still? Or? No, they're human people. Humans, right? Yeah. But I I think if you went if you were masturbating and then they were you're looking at it and you went and go, would you like to go out for a drink? Yeah. I think they would be put off. Yeah, maybe. I think I think what they're getting out of it is they're being yeah. is the cheeky naughtiness of what yeah. they're doing. I'm guessing. I didn't realise in your question what animal would you have sex with. There was a full date to go on beforehand. <laughs> no, you know, I'm, I'm not talking about people. You know, <laughs> the, the masturbating human. Right, I mean, you've got to feel sorry for those guys. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. 
at least invite someone back to a hotel room with a high-backed armchair, and, and then, yeah, that is... And then it's at least... At least do that. Yeah. I've never done that. <laughs> I don't know where that story began. Never done anything like it. Uh, but I like it. Uh, what Did you have a deluded thing, like my time that I was worried about people would time travel back? I bet you must have lots of deluded things. As a child, um, this crazy, messed-up, voice-in-the-head child, did you have... A thing where I mean that is quite. I genuinely was what concerned about it. I was yeah, concerned about people travelling back through time and seeing me masturbate poo or whatever. Or poo. Yeah, um, and I, judge I, me for it. I mean, I pray it never happens. I just want to start with that. That's but that's quite. It's, but it's interesting that if time travel became a, a, an availability and time travel tourism took off, yeah, that would be a weird thing. You know, would there be laws set in place to stop that happening? Would they? Yeah. Would they say, well, you can't go back and see Abraham Lincoln having a bath? Yeah. Or would you be able but then, but then if you had it, people would some people would want to see that. Yeah. And they'd say, Well, I want to go to the Abraham Lincoln in and the bar. It becomes a bit of a, a class war on that, doesn't it? You can go and look at other people having a bar, but not Abraham not. Lincoln. <laughs> it doesn't have to be Abraham Lincoln, that was just an example. I'd like to see it. Yeah. <laughs> and whether he still wears the hat in the bath. Yeah, exactly. I bet he does. <laughs> I, bet I bet he, fl- he floats I it like got, a little bit. I think duck. he's got a little hat for yeah, his penis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know if I had any ones. I, I remember I was, for a long time at school, I was really worried that people... I was really wanted to conceal if I was wearing a vest. I didn't want people to know I was wearing a vest. Um, so, yeah, that was a major concern for a long while. Yeah. I'd, it was a torn between, do I want to be cold and not wear a vest, or yeah. do I want to wear a vest? And people might know that I'm wearing a vest. And yeah. that, for some reason, it seems a shameful act. Well, there was, but there was loads of things. There was, in our school, if you, went to do, if you had a shit at school, that yeah. was a shameful thing. Yeah, it shouldn't be. It should yeah, be but you weren't celebrated. <laughs> it should be. But to the extent... The bravery. To the extent... Because if you try to do it, people would jump up and look over you and laugh at you and go, ah, yeah. you're shitting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, I if am. You were normal, you would shit in the morning and the evening. Yeah. I once shat myself at school to, because I didn't want to have to go. To, and I was in the sick room and everyone else was in lessons. Yeah. And I voluntarily sat in the sick room and shat myself. Yeah. Rather than go to the toilet and shit and have a shit in the toilet. Yeah. And then walked home with the shit in my pants. Yeah. And that was preferable than it people was, knowing that, that you... And you know what? Let stuff out your body. I was 28 years old and I was one of the teachers. <laughs> I was and I was a child. Otherwise it would be weird. <laughs> Me sitting in my own shit in the... Yeah, isn't Whilst that weird? Teaching. And that's how... But then there were those coats. And where did that coat yeah. come? Where did the vest coat come from? Because I, remember I had the vest thing that was... I mind a vest If you now. wore a vest, you were weak yeah. like you were a child you yeah, were like a six you year old weak. child you are weak <laughs> that is a fact children are weak and they do shit <laughs> they certainly do oh my goodness time has flown by like on its winged fl- flight of shit uh, <laughs> it was going so well uh, no it's been uh, it's been really good fun talking to you yes and, and you. really thanks so much for coming along and uh, you, you can go and buy an apron on your website yep you can do that I mean, does the apron speech sell, of does the apron, I once interviewed Lucy Pinder the page three model yes uh, and she has uh, a website yep. that sells all kinds of malarkey on there largely mm-hmm. pictures of her with no clothes on yep uh, and one of the things she sells is a bookmark Brilliant. With a picture of her naked on it. Brilliant. And I asked her how many bookmarks she sold. Yeah. Because I didn't envisage many of her fans. No. <laughs> Where, you know, oh, well, I must. Oh, I've yeah. got so far through this pornographic magazine, so, yeah, I don't yeah, want yeah, to lose yeah. my place. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that may be insulting. The story is so engaging. Do many people <laughs> buy the apron? 
Um, yeah, it's, it sells all right. Um, yeah, okay. it, it, it was it was launched as a barbecue apron. Right, okay. It's now um, like a, a baking apron. I'm changing for the season, so it's, yeah. it's a bit of a bake-off thing. No, I, I, the, the apron generally goes down all right, but yeah. I've always got stick because the design of it. I've got a line that was like one of my most popular uh, lines was on a song called Introduction. It just says... A, a, you see a mousetrap, I see free cheese and a fucking challenge. And everyone wanted me to put that on a t-shirt. I was like, I don't want to just put a lyric on a t-shirt. So I did this, I got this guy t- to design this complex design where it's a question and it says, at the top it says, a, a what do you see? And then there's a drawing of a mousetrap and then there's some lines and then in my own handwriting I've written, free cheese and a fucking challenge and then <laughs> signed it. And it didn't sell that well because it wasn't just the line, it's confusing. People, <laughs> can't, people can't get that witty line from that. They have to look and go, so... That's a mousetrap. And what he's saying is... <laughs> so, yeah, I thought I'll pop it on a fucking apron instead yeah, to see if that good. sells. And bang. Yeah, hit. Yeah. <laughs> All wearing it on Bake Off. Yeah. Have you not seen them? I'm going to bring out an apron as well. If you could let a Lucy Pinder know, she can have a free apron if she desires. Okay. In it, oh, no, in exchange for a bookmark. bookmark. I've, you got, can, I've got one of the pass bookmarks. That on. She gave him one of the bookmarks. She sent it on to me. Right, no, I'd still rather deal directly with her. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, screw me as Pip. You've been listening to Richard Ames and Disclassage Podcast with me and my guest, Scroobius Pip. The music you're listening to is not by Scroobius Pip, it is by Pest. Thank you to everyone at the Leicester Square Theatre. Thank you to everyone at Go Faster Strike. Did I thank Leicester Square Theatre twice in the last one? Thanks to everyone. <laughs> Leave that in. Thanks to everyone at Go Faster Strike. Thanks to everyone who knows me, all my friends and my family have been very supportive. Uh, this is produced by Dave Cribb. It's Go Faster Stripe Fuzz and Sky Potato Production. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Uh, do go along and support our sponsor for today's show, who I don't, I, I don't need to tell you who they are again. We all know who they are. Uh, they are Fallen London, that is right. So go to failbettergames.com slash RHLSTP to support them. It's all free, so why not do it anyway? And that would be very nice. Thanks to them for supporting us. Uh, you can support us too by going to gofasterstripe.com slash badges and either buying a one-off badge or a monthly badge and that money will go towards making future content. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.